There is some jarring news out today, and I'm just not going to avoid it. This is coming from the Centers for Disease Control, and it has nothing to do with COVID. It has everything to do with U.S. babies born to unmarried moms. And U.S. babies born right off the bat on Medicaid. Okay, we'll get to those stats in just a moment. First off, hi everybody, Brian Sussman here. This is the Brian Sussman Show, Faith, Family, Freedom. And I want to thank you for being my ambassadors for this program. It's been very difficult for me to get the word out because I've been so throttled and uh, even shut off, censored by some of these social media outlets. I did reestablish my Instagram account just the other day. Um, So if you would like to be one of the first followers, that would be awesome. Brian Sussman Show. I'm also on Telegram, Brian Sussman Show. So help me out. Let's get followers. Not for followers' sake. I want followers to to help me pitch this podcast. Uh, Because I believe this this is not a job. It's not a hobby. It's a calling. I really enjoy doing it, but I believe God wants me to do it for this point in time, this time in life. And for such a time as this, Centers for Disease Control. There were 3,600,000 births, a little more than that. I don't want to get into the specifics, but just let's round it off to 3,600,000 births in the United States in 2020. 40% of those were to unmarried mothers, no dads, unmarried moms. Or perhaps, perhaps there are dads. The couple's just not married. That's possible too. But here's another stat, which makes me believe, well, this is not good. The percentage of all births to unmarried women was again 40.5%, but 42% of the births in the United States were covered by government-funded Medicaid which leads me to believe that a huge portion of the births in the United States were to very, very poor people who should probably not have children to begin with, or especially poor mothers without fathers present for that child's life. And now they're being raised right off the bat on the government dole. Now, I understand Government sources like Medicaid have a purpose. Hopefully it's a safety net. It's not a lifestyle. But for too many people these days, I'm just I'm just getting the sense that it's a lifestyle. Among the 50 states, Mississippi had the highest percentage of babies born to unmarried mothers, 56%. Louisiana, 55%. New Mexico, 53%. Nevada, 49%. Alabama, 49%. I'm telling you something, church. We have a lot to do. We got to get the word out. We got to get the word out that Jesus is Lord. He desires for men and women to be one flesh. And children are a wonderful thing. And families are essential to to the sustainability of a society. But... Not without a dad present. The unmarried mom thing, if, if that's the long-term plan, that's not God's plan. I'm just telling you that right now. It's not God's plan. Now, let me just give you some other statistics here. These 
these this tracking of annual number of births and percentages of babies born to unmarried moms goes back to 1940. 3.8% in 1940. 4% in 1945. 5% in 1958, 6% in 1963, and then it starts to spike. It just goes, what was happening in the 60s? The wild and crazy sexual liberation days of the 1960s. Satan was having a heyday on this planet. Taking people away from, from Jesus and bringing them into... A realm in which, hey, do whatever you want. It's all good. Love is in the air. I don't care. When some are thrust into the role of single parent, um, it's it's not it's 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 not an easy situation. Even if this was your plan to be a single mom without a without a a biological father present in the life of that child even if that was your plan it's it's a pretty tough row to hoe that's for sure god's intention is for a child to be raised by both a mother and a father it's replete throughout the scriptures of course he has compassion on the parent who is raising a child on her own or on his own but we're talking about unmarried women in this particular case so let's say her own now, some will say, well, we have single moms in the Bible. We do. We really do. And the first identified is Hagar. She was an Egyptian slave who became pregnant with Abraham's child. As a result of Abraham and Sarah running ahead of the Lord's instructions. Genesis 16 is all about that. She was to be a surrogate. That was never God's intent, but God used it accordingly. The... I want you to think about something else here regarding Hagar, because this is, this is amazing. After the birth of Hagar's child, God came to Hagar. She was distressed and let her know that he was with her. You see, the single mom out there who's, who's over her head and maybe on, on Medicare, on Medicare, uh, She's over her head. God can be, wants to be, would love to be with you and for you and take over your life. It's just a matter of you surrendering to him. So what did Hagar do? She cried out to God. He drew near. Hagar called the Lord, the one who sees me. Now, despite how lonely single parenting can be at times, those who know the Lord can take comfort in remembering that they are never alone. They will never walk alone if they're surrendered to him. God promises to be a, what does he say? This is Psalm 68, it's beautiful. He promises to be a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows and orphans. There's also something else that we just can't avoid talking about. Look at, look at the commercials on television these days. Look at the television shows. Oftentimes, fathers are the biggest dorks one could possibly imagine in the context of a 60-second commercial. It's always the woman 
who's the spokesperson and the decision maker in the household. And the dad's kind of like, well, okay, whatever works. We'll just go along with whatever you decided. And then in sitcoms, the dad's absolutely an embarrassment to manhood. So there is definitely a push. There's without a question, a push by social engineers to, to make fathers look pathetic and quite frankly, unnecessary. This is the promotion of the breakdown of the family. This is pure propaganda. And obviously, it's working. So what do you do if you're a single mom? What do you do? What do you do? Okay, you, you made a mistake. Why are, why are single moms single moms? Some, some are by choice. I, I have met many a, many a woman uh, who has said, I, I wanted to have a baby by myself. I don't want a guy involved. They made that choice. And I will also tell you that a few of the women I know of who have done this have quite frankly done an admirable job raising their son or daughter. It's usually daughters. But man, how tough it must have been. And man, I'm sure if they could do it all over again, they would have loved to have had a husband involved in the equation, a dad, where the two are one flesh. Uh, so in some cases, a single parent is, is capable, but most of the time is incapable of raising that child. Now, if you find yourself in a situation where you're a single mom because of promiscuity, because of sexual immorality, you shouldn't have slept with that guy, guess what? I think the best thing you could possibly do is adoption. Absolutely. Because there are plenty of husbands and wives out there, families that would love to take that baby in. I, I know a little bit about this because my wife and I have done this three times. My daughter um, just recently did it as well. So now it's a generational thing. And I, and I pray for those birth mothers of my children all the time. I pray for them regularly. And I hope that they are doing well. I hope that they are, are following the way, truth, and life. I hope they have allowed God and His Holy Spirit to set them free. I really do. How could I not? How could I not? In all cases, though, a single parent must do what is necessary to ensure that his or her child is brought up or are brought up in the training and the instruction of the Lord, Ephesians 6. God created our children children, and has a plan for their lives. Let's think about Jesus. He had a special tenderness for children. Single parents can rest assured that Jesus, Jesus cares for their children as much as he does for those raised in two-parent homes. Absolutely, without question. And I'm just telling you something, Christian friend, my Christian brother or sister, to reach out to a single mom. If she came into that position because of making some bad choices, if she came in that position because of divorce, if she came in that position because of a death, we need to be there for that woman. When single parents honor and model purity, honor, honesty before their children, and they can do it, and I've met some who have. When a single mom 
who made a mistake. Maybe it was promiscuity. Maybe it was marrying the wrong guy. When they model purity, honesty, before their children, they're earning the respect that will help those children emulate that behavior. It's the best they can do. And for people in the church to saddle up alongside that woman and help her along the way, protect her, make sure that screwballs don't get in the picture with her or the kids, that's, that's the best we can do. God's grace will fill in the gaps and he will help them raise their children. Now, let's talk about fathers for just a moment because fathers are more than just second adults in the home. Involved fathers, involved fathers, bring positive benefits to their children. Now, some would say, who are you? All of a sudden, you're like a big child psychologist, family expert. Uh, Yes, I am a family expert. I am a family expert. Without question, I'm a family expert. I dedicated myself to having and raising a family for the last long time, okay? My kids are now adults. So I think I am an expert, and I think my wife's an expert as well. So we can talk with authority on this subject. Fathers are more than just second adults. We bring positive benefits to our children that no one else can bring. We provide protection. We provide economic support. We are the male role model. We have a parenting style that is significantly different from that of that. My, my parenting style is, is so different from that of my wife. But you know something? We complement each other perfectly, perfectly. And that's, that is, and the, the, the child psychologist will tell you this, that allows for healthy child development. Oh, my wife and I differ big time. So we, we treat our kids differently. For example, uh, I, I have loved my children more dangerously than my wife, so to speak, dangerously. We would play a little rougher. We would take more risks. I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, many a winter where we would set up these, we would go up to Donner Lake, California, lots of snow, and we would set up these, these little, uh, what would you call it, saucer runs, saucer runs next to the house. (laughs) We would build a mound of snow, maybe 10 or 12 feet high, and then you would have the run going down, and there would be jumps and dips and turns. (laughs) And my wife was sure I was trying to harm my kids. What are you doing? They're going to get hurt. Well, okay. Ben did get knocked out once. (laughs) That's the kind of stuff. And you know what? My kids remember that to this very day. (laughs) And even Ben remembers sort of getting knocked out. (laughs) But we introduce to our children a wider variety of methods to deal with life. We emphasize, well, you know, guys are really great at conceptual communication. That helps kids, boys and girls, to expand their vocabulary and even their intellectual capabilities. 
Moms, what do they major in? My wife majors in sympathy. She majors in care. She majors in help. And thus, she demonstrates the importance of relationships, especially of that sort. Dads tend to see their children in relationship to the rest of the world. Moms tend to see the rest of the world in relation to their child. It's a wonderful balance. The two are one flesh. We complement each other so well. And a child raised in that environment, I think, has such a leg up. It's incredible. Now, neither style of parenting is adequate in and of itself. But taken together, they balance out and equip that up-and-coming child for a healthy, well-rounded approach to life. Let me give you some statistics here. 82% of studies on father involvement and child well-being published since 1980 found significant associations between positive father involvement and offspring well-being. In an analysis of over 100 studies on parent-child relationships, it was found that having a loving and nurturing father was as important for the child's happiness, well-being, and social and academic success as having a loving and nurturing mother. In a 26-year-long study, researchers found that the number one factor in developing empathy in children was father involvement. Fathers spending regular time alone with their children translated into children who became compassionate adults. Friends, these statistics from the CDC are very, very troubling indeed. And I think it speaks to an overall breakdown of the family in this country, and that's not good. But nonetheless, what does this do for the Christian person? This gives us more of a reason to get out there and tell people about Jesus. More of a reason to get out there and get involved in the lives of others who find themselves, for whatever reason, in these single-parent situations. And I hope you'll just take me up on this because, friends, if we don't do it, who's going to? That's the question. Who is going to? I would like to thank a few different articles, uh, uh, authors, I should say, have some articles. Terrence Jeffrey, beautiful article at cnsnews.com. 40.5% of U.S. babies born in 2020 had unmarried mothers. Terry, great job with that one. Gotquestions.org. What does the Bible say about single parents? Great article. And Focus on the Family, one of my favorite family organizations. I've been a supporter. My wife and I have been supporters for many, many years. The Significance of a Father's Influence. Thank you, my friends. I really appreciate you listening. Thank you for your wonderful support. Until next time, may God richly bless you.